Welcome to a new podcast with Bethany and Ryan Bomberger. Welcome to Life Has Purpose. This is show number eight, babe. So exciting. We weren't with you last week because it was a holiday week, so we needed to take a breather, but we are back together, and today's going to be a good show. Hard show. Yes, it is. But a good good show. But you know, speaking of that good stuff, sometimes you don't always feel or hear the feedback. Mm -hmm. But man, we've been blessed by some of the feedback that we've gotten. I need to read some. Oh my gosh. Let me find some here. Okay. This is from somebody who calls themselves strong Christian female. That's awesome. Being brave in a culture of silence. She writes, this podcast is refreshing in all caps. As Christians, we are called to speak truth in love. The Bombergers do just that. Truth in love. Keep speaking up. We will. Thank oh, you. Yeah, absolutely. And this one's from Lady Di. She says, delightful. Mm. I just happened upon this podcast while I was scrolling through Twitter of all places. So truly out of a swamp of trolls, I found a glittering gem of positivity Mm. in a podcast. I started with the Mother's Day show and I can't wait to binge listen. Is that a thing? (laughs) To all episodes. Yes, Lady Di, binge listening is a thing and you can do that by going to lifehaspurpose.com and listening to all of our our podcasts. You can also go to any podcast you know, major podcast platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, you can go to Stitcher, mm-hmm. you can go to SoundCloud, you can go to Spotify or Google Podcasts. Anywhere that podcasts are found, you will find us. Yes. And so today's show. Mm, yes. You this said it's going to be hard. Episode <laughs> is going to be hard. But you know what, Ryan? Being silent is even harder. Amen. We're going to be talking about a movement, the movement Black Lives Matter, which is at the center of the protests that have literally spread like wildfire across the country. And I want to start by saying this because uh, it's truth, hardcore truth. There's a desperate need to talk about race in the context of biblical truth. And without that foundation, everything crumbles. And in my opinion, um, the church at large has failed to really lead on this issue. And so they left this gaping hole in an area of hearts and minds, which then have now has now become uh, a place that has been filled with a secular movement where God is not the center, but the color of our skin has become the center of this movement and the motivation to be moved to action. Right. And and race, of course, being embraced as if it's some sort of foundational thing, but yet it's a made-up construct. Mm-hmm. It is not biblical. And and I do want to say, too, that those who are out there who are, who are peacefully protesting, who feel like they want to do something because they perceive a gross injustice, I, I do applaud those who want to do something about injustice. But as Christians, not only do we act against injustice, not only do we fight for justice, but we actually have to fight for the truth yes. to understand the context. So that brings clarity. So then when we act with compassion, we know what we're acting about. We know what we're fighting for. You know, in, in this case, not just for George Floyd, whose life needs justice absolutely but every precious human life mm-hmm. i mean i'm brown mm-hmm. my wife is off white <laughs> i hate saying white because that would mean that you have some sort of medical condition but anyway our children are black and they're mixed, mixed and, right? and and we've been extolling the truth that black lives matter long before the hashtag movement through our right. organization the radiance foundation and, and our billboards just calling out planned parenthood and the, the eugenic racism of the abortion industry but what exactly is the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. 
yesterday, which was actually June 2nd, millions participated in the hashtag Blackout Tuesday. Right. They provided a blacked out profile on all their social media accounts. And I'm sure some of you that are listening did did as well. And it just gives further legitimacy to all of the rhetoric surrounding the Black Lives Matter hashtag. And and here's our cry today. We can denounce racism and we could cry out for justice without embracing a movement that is hostile to our faith. So our prayer is that you would not only be encouraged by our podcasts, but that you would be challenged by these podcasts, that this podcast in particular would send you on a journey to just look and reflect what's in your heart and possibly go out and and check out some additional resources and really weigh where's God's heart and biblical truth and where does that fall with what we're following. And our foundational verse for the Radiance Foundation, our foundational verse for what we do as a couple is Proverbs 31, 8 through 9 that says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, ensure justice for those being crushed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Now, as an organization, the Radiance Foundation, our primary focus is on life because without life, nothing else matters. And you talk about those being crushed Mm -hmm. here in this country, one million per year. But George Floyd was also... He fits that category. I mean, he was literally being crushed. You know, as Christians, we can denounce evil and not promote an ideology that embraces a lie. We can be compassionate without being complicit. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the horrible massacre of homosexual customers and, you know, patrons at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando four years ago. Actually, four years ago wow. this month. Four years. We denounce the killings. Right. You know, personally in our pages and through Radiance Foundation, we denounce the violence, but we didn't put a co-opted rainbow flag on our social media accounts. Mm-hmm. You can denounce injustice without embracing a lie. Look at Martin Luther King Jr. He vehemently disagreed with the black power movement. Yes, he did. And Malcolm X's approach. Both had a vision of racial equality, but both had radically different ideas in how to achieve it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I need to play a clip of Malcolm X so people can understand who and what he was. He was against integration. He was not about nonviolence at all. In fact, you know, everyone knows the whole by any means necessary. He was an advocate for violence. And he constantly ridiculed Martin Luther King Jr.'s nonviolent resistance and basically just, well, listen to these words. And I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough if he were made to realize how black people really feel and how fed up we are without that old compromising sweet talk. Stop sweet talking it. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how, what kind of hell you've been catching and let him know that if he's not ready to clean his house up, if he's not ready to clean his house up, he shouldn't have a house. It should catch on fire and burn down. So that Reverend Martin Luther King can continue to teach the Negroes to be defenseless. That's what you mean by nonviolent. Be defenseless. Be defenseless in the face of one of the most cruel uh, beast that has ever taken the people into captivity. That's this American white man. And they have proved it throughout the country by the police dogs and the police clubs. A uh, hundred years ago, they used to put on a white sheet and use a bloodhound against Negroes. Today, they have taken off the white sheet and put on police uniforms. They've uh, traded in the bloodhounds for police dogs, and they're still doing the same thing. And just as Uncle Tom, back during slavery, used to keep 
the Negroes from resisting the bloodhound or resisting the Ku Klux Klan by teaching them to, to love their enemy or pray for those who use them despitefully. Today, uh, Martin Luther King is just a 20th century or modern Uncle Tom or a religious Uncle Tom. What you and I have to let the man know is we are peaceful people. We are loving people. We love everybody who loves us. But we don't love anybody who doesn't love us. We're nonviolent with people who are nonviolent with us. We, but we are not nonviolent with anyone who is violent with us. You know, MLK wasn't wearing Malcolm X t-shirts and <laughs> X-branded clothes. Of course, that's, that wasn't a thing then. That now wasn't a can... thing. But if it was a thing, your point is so valid. Right. He wouldn't be doing it. He right. wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. and, and now with today's commercialized civil rights, of course, you know, that thing is so easy to happen. But the, the reality is he would not be espousing the same mm -hmm. ideology as Malcolm X. In fact, he was espousing something completely opposite to that. So let me play this clip from Martin Luther King Jr., who refused to follow a movement that was at violent odds with the gospel. I feel that killing is a very tragic way to deal with any social problem. There is no violent solution to the problem that the Negro confronts in this country. And this is why I have constantly said that riots are socially destructive and self-defeating. After all, the Negro ends up uh, on the losing end. Now what I'm saying is this. I would like for all of us to believe in nonviolence, but I'm here to say tonight that if every Negro in the United States turns against nonviolence, I'm going to stand up as a lone voice and say this is the wrong way. Wow. Courage doesn't need a crowd, just Holy Spirit conviction, right? Oh, amen to that. Well, you're the one who yes. first started saying that, so that is a big amen. I love it, and it's the truth ringing, ringing in our ears. Leviticus 19.15 says, Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Wait, mm. it says, wait, we're not supposed to show partiality? No. Not to the poor? Mm -mm, not to or favoritism to the Come great. On. But this brings us back to the main question. What exactly is the Black Lives Matter movement? And it really depends on who you ask. Mm -hmm. But we believe in going right to the source. Straight to the source. Come right. On. Well, you know what? We live in a day and age where all you have to do is go to their website. That's and, a lot of work, though, for I some know. people. And go to the I'm about sorry, I'm being us. sarcastic, and I shouldn't be. Well, you go to the About Us page and it tells us, you know, Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013. It was in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murder. Black Lives Matter Foundation Incorporated is a global organization. It's not just here in the U.S. It's in the U.K. and Canada. And their mission is to eradicate white supremacy, build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes by combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation and centering and centering black joy, we are winning immediate improvements in our lives. I didn't know that joy came in a color. Huh. Yeah. But there's more to this, okay? There's, right, because there's then you have to, to go over to what, where it says what we believe. Yes. 
And in that, they say, we began building the infrastructure for the Black Lives Matter Global Network, which even in its infancy has become a political home. Political. For many. So for those who try to say, you know, don't just reduce it down to a political agenda. They're the ones who created, these are the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. Um, They go on to say, we have also helped catalyze other movements and shifted culture. They have, because we're seeing the shifted culture Right. right now. Oh, I in just burning actually, cities across the country. I It actually just causes me to grieve because the church should be the one shifting culture. Yes. And <sighs> Le- leading. And leading this. Not, not following. Mm-hmm. We are unapologetically black in our positioning. We see ourselves as part of a global black family. And then it goes on to mm. promoting homosexuality and transsexuality. I think that's important that, to this read. This is huge. We are guided by the fact that all black lives matter, which is interesting. We're going to touch on this a little later because it's not all black lives. Right. But they say regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, economic status, ability, disability, religious beliefs or disbeliefs, immigration status or location, we make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. We make our spaces family friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. It's funny. There's no mention of fathers. Isn't that interesting? That's intentional. That's intentional. There's no, I mean, it's so heavy. I mean, the, the majority of this we believe in is is centered on homosexuality. Right. Um, they say we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. These are exact quotes, by the way. Uh, nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable <laughs> no dads. I know, I know. It goes on to say we foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual, hetero, heter, heterosexual, unless he or she or they disclose otherwise. So Han, let's break this down because the three, what I see is the three main points, the three main purposes of, of this entire movement to be in existence. First one, black identity above all. Right. Race. Color black of our skin. power. Black power. Black political power. Okay. So now if we're talking about this from a Christian perspective, there's nothing here that's Acts 1726. No. Nothing that says we're of one blood. There's nothing that says we are God's children and that's what unites us. Right. And we exist to have the manifest presence of God live within us so that we bring his glory from heaven to earth. And part of that manifestation of his glory comes when we understand that he's created each of our hues. So it completely eliminates that. Right. And that right? brings unity. That right. that the manifestation is part of that manifestation is unity. So then number two is to quite frankly eliminate family or biblical biblical model of family. Exactly. Right? Because we're moving toward villages that collectively care for one another. It's okay if we kind of use the word parents and we eliminate father. So we're just eliminating um, a framework that God has put together for success. 
Right. That's truly what it means to have one man, one woman. There's an importance of a role of a father, the role of a mother. And In a marriage. And a marriage, because it actually is the physical um, manifestation of God himself. And then the third thing that is a main point of theirs is unbiblical sexuality, right? We foster a queer-affirming network, that when we gather that everybody uh, is freed from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. This is what the church is embracing. And so when you ask, and particularly when you ask (laughs) certain pastors and say, wait, which part of this are you embracing? Right. And yet they will just kind of, oh, skirt around this and play deflection because you cannot get around this. Right. This is the heart of the movement. This is from those who founded this movement. Life has purpose. Martin Luther King Jr. knew that racism had only one cure. Men will recognize that out of one blood, God made all men to dwell upon the face of the earth. Let us be dissatisfied until that day when nobody will shout white power, when nobody will shout black power, but everybody will talk about God's power and human power. Five decades ago, we lost a champion, but we didn't lose the truth. We are one human race. Learn more at RadianceFoundation.org. Listen, download, and subscribe at LifeHasPurpose.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Basically, the Black Lives Matter movement is just regurgitated black nationalism. That's all it is. This is brokenness. Through and through, this is brokenness. This does not bring healing. This does not bring racial reconciliation. This does not bring unity. So it's why all these years after Ferguson, for instance, we're at the same place. Right. And we can't help it if the world chooses to be the world. We understand that people are broken. We're all broken. But when we choose to call ourselves Christians, we have to hold all that comes through our, our, our mind, all that comes through our heart, every thought we take captive, and we hold it up against the, the standard of, a, of the Bible and God's word. We have to measure everything next to that. And if it doesn't measure up, then we have no, uh, we have no right to be standing next to something that is ultimately going to bring more brokenness and it is not going to bring reconciliation Amen. or healing or wholeness. And you know what? I just kind of want to go back to the whole fatherhood aspect since I am a dad. I'm a father of four, and I had an amazing father who loved the mess out of all of us and sacrificed and sacrificed. So I I hate when I see fathers omitted. Um, But it is the very absence of fathers that leave behind vulnerable families and vulnerable communities that are the ones that are the most Mm crime-ridden, that are the ones that have the least economic opportunities and job opportunities, the ones with the higher rates, rates of crime, the higher rates of high school dropouts, the higher rates of abortion, the higher rates of abuse and violence. Back in the 60s, 5% of families were fatherless. That increased to about 11% in 1972 and a shocking 40% today. Mm. In black communities, children, black children are born to 72.3% of black children are born to unmarried mothers. So when we talk about these environments that create some of these these circumstances, Mm -hmm. 
how do you ignore fatherhood? Mm-mm. All throughout the Black Lives Matter website and its companion organizations like the Movement uh, for Black Lives, and that is that coalition of Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter BLM. groups. Yes. Right. Uh, fathers are completely, completely ignored. 100%. So it's almost like saying it, one of the biggest causal factors in so many of these these higher negative disparities, we're just going to pretend that that doesn't exist mm-hmm. and we're going to write them out. That's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. But yet churches are embracing this movement. We serve a God who was a father to mm-hmm. the fatherless. How do we ignore this? Mm-hmm. How do we ignore this? Let's talk about, um, for a moment, let's move over and talk about um, Black Lives Matter leaders and violence. Now, there are many who denounce the violence. And I know that there were many people whose heart was to do a peaceful protest over these last weeks. But sadly, there are many who espouse it as well. And so what has what we've watched happen is these peaceful protests have rapidly moved into like a spinning spiral into a massive, uh, just hot mess of what we're Chaos. seeing. The Chaos. rioting, the looting, the burning, right. the killing. I mean, more. Right. I mean, you have officers who have been killed. Right. You have innocent people who've been killed as a result of this. So here we're fighting the, the injustice of George Floyd, but how do you fight injustice and then end up with more dead people? Right. You know how you do it is because you buy into a philosophy that actually stirs up hurt and anger. And without Christ, we can never see anything different. Without Christ, brokenness leads to hurt and anger and it ends there. And we're saying when you enter Christ and when you put Christ into this, this you're you're actually sowing seeds in the midst of brokenness. You're sowing seeds of love and hope and unity. And so you'll reap that. But when you're sowing seeds of hate and anger and bitterness and resentment, what's going to happen? It's going to always move in this direction. Right. So take a listen. This is These are just some recent clips from Portland and from some other areas in Dallas. It's heartbreaking. And I promise you, if they go about they burden of, of whatever they said you're doing, you pull your piss out and you f- bust it. You pull your piss out and you bust it. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be you against them. When we do, when we move with the Panthers, trust me, when you see me move, I'm moving in violence. Now stop clapping. Stop clapping. Stop clapping because most of y'all folks ain't involved. Real talk. We tired. I'm walking around here asking y'all to help us. No more asking. We need action. Come on. You take action. I don't give a f- whether you knock them over, whether you run up on them, whatever you do. You better f- you take action. And I'm not tolerating this anymore. We gotta stop. We have to stop the nonsense and take back our communities. And we have to police ourselves. And in the event that an officer tries you unjustly, don't wait for him to pull the trigger. Fight like you love yourself. Yeah. Fight like I leave for your life. If you don't fight for your life, how much do you love yourself? It's never worked to police ourselves. It's never worked. I, try try going a week without police. Listen, in, in I these spent, communities that we've worked in for many, yeah, many years of our lives. I think about I spent about a month in Haiti and I had some really fantastic experiences, met awesome people, but I'll tell you what, there was a lot of scariness because there's so much corruption and there aren't police that are there standing guard. Right. And I, I I I just I just feel like, yeah, well, 
death doesn't ever bring life. Death and anger gives way to more death and more anger. It's true. And here, I also have to highlight that we support our men and women in, in blue who risk their lives every single day. But we also believe strongly that any cop who abuses his or her mm-hmm. power and authority, yeah, they need to be held to account. Right. Justice needs to happen. But from a Christian perspective, what form of justice is being pursued? You know, we as Christians, we have a, we have a higher calling. We have we a higher calling to truth, real justice and love. And I f- we have to play this other clip. I, I think this okay. is important. Is this Matt Chandler? This is Matt Chandler, okay. uh, evangelical pastor. Um, the, what is it? The Village Church. Mm-hmm. And he's explaining why he supports the Black Lives Matter movement. It's not uncommon for me lately to get the question about what to do with Black Lives Matter. I, I think that's interesting that, that I'm being asked that. But uh, here, here are just some thoughts. I, I think Black Lives Matter was launched from a kind of sincere hurt Um, in the psyche and soul of African-American men and women. And so, uh, like all things, there's going to be really good things in that. There's going to be light, and then there's going to be shadow. There's going to be darkness. Now, that's true of everything, right? There isn't any institution, any movement, any uh, organization that does not have light and darkness, right? We live in a Genesis 3 world. And and so what we want to do as Christians is we want to embrace the gold, we want to embrace the light, and we want to reject uh, the darkness. And and so Black Lives Matter, it, it, they're, they're saying, hey, there's an issue here that we think people are missing. So they're not saying that all lives don't matter. In fact, I, I haven't met anyone that does say, uh, doesn't say that all lives matter. They're just trying to highlight, hey, here's something we think that by and large, culture is missing, and we're trying to make you aware of it. So the Black Lives Movement, um, now there, there are some radicals in there that I don't think um, speak for the entire movement. So I'm talking about the light in the movement of saying, hey, this is an issue that culture needs to take a deep look at and consider. And so I would urge you as Christians to look for the light while you reject, while you reject the darkness. Um, and so again, I, I think it was birthed out of a legitimate response of hurt and pain and feeling trapped and not knowing where to go with that hurt and pain. You know, Bethany, this is this is really interesting because would Matt Chandler ask us to find the light in the five percent nation of Islam? And Farrakhan, right? And Farrakhan. <laughs> but how about would would he ask us to find the light in the women's march? Hey, let's march alongside them and find the light. Yeah, there's no. There's- we sure, go, there's lots of darkness, but you know, we bring light. the light to darkness. We don't join darkness. Right. We expose the deeds of darkness. Right. And yet, the Black Lives Matter movement partnered with Al Sharpton's National Act- Action Network mm-hmm. to defend the Nation of Islam and Farrakhan specifically. So when churches say Black Lives Matter, and they say, "Well, you know what? There's we just have to look at the light." Well. Where is their light in, an, in a movement that partners with one of the most racist, anti-Semitic, anti-Christian religious cults right. in this nation, Louis Farrakhan and the 5% Nation of Islam? So I, I, that whole thing, thing is, is, for me, it's a yeah. cop-out. And if, it, and if it could, and if it did work in that direction, then after, uh, at this point, we'd see a track record of racial reconciliation or things changing in our culture as a result of, 
of the things that have happened with Trayvon Martin. And I'm not saying that hearts haven't changed or been moved. And God is so good and he is so big. And I am sure that there are people, we've watched some of the videos of folks who have had interactions on the streets during these protests. And maybe there's been moments when they're praying together. We've seen the protesters praying with the officers. There are these little glimpses of light. But when we're talking about an overall overhaul, we're not seeing that happen. Life has purpose. Hey, this is Justice Barmaker, and you're listening to Life Has Purpose. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Visit us and download the podcast at lifehaspurpose.com. You know, Bethany, what I find interesting about the Black Lives Matter movement, particularly because it was founded by these three women, but the entire movement itself has only responded when black males have been killed. Hmm. But why not black women? Hmm. I wrote an article about this, basically saying some black lives matter. And I was talking about Tanya Reeves, who died, who bled to death for five and a half hours because the abortionist refused to Mm. call 911. But there were no protests. Planned Parenthood allowed her to die. Then you have Lakeisha Wilson, another one who died from a botched abortion, or uh, Quilisha James, who was seven months pregnant, mm. had mother, a four-year-old, yeah, yeah, and was gunned mother. down. But mm. yet, no Black Lives Matter protests Mm-mm. over these women. See, they, they want to talk about police brutality, but they don't want to talk about abortionist brutality. Right, because it's this big old elephant in the room, right? Exactly. Right, because if Black Lives Matter, why do the founders and the leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement partner with the leading killer of black lives, Planned Parenthood? It makes no sense. People accuse, you know, pro-lifers of bringing up abortion in relation to police brutality, but it's actually the Black Lives Matter movement that immediately tied their cause to homosexuality and to abortion from the start. In fact, several years ago, they came out and they announced solidarity with Planned Parenthood. Yes. And so going back to some of the the points on the Black Lives Matter website where they say, we believe that all Black Lives Matter. Well, they don't. They don't. They don't believe in the most marginalized, the most defenseless, the most vulnerable lives being protected. There's nothing more systemic than a government-funded entity that disproportionately kills and and profits. profits. Right, right. You know, from the deaths of black lives. Right. 250 unarmed black lives are disarmed and killed every day by Planned Parenthood. Mm. Yet all throughout their social media accounts, Planned Parenthood is is one with the Black Lives Matter movement. They're always, mm-hmm. you know, I remember when Cecile Richards first announced, you know, we have to stop this injustice against black Americans. Stop killing black people. And I'm like, stop killing black babies. Are you right. kidding me? How does the leading killer of black lives have any voice, have any credible voice, any authority whatsoever when it comes to the killing of innocent black lives? Right. They're the same ones who 
who had tweeted, um, <laughs> not so shocking, Lee had tweeted to the black community, if you're a black woman in America, it's statistically safer to have an abortion than to carry a pregnancy to term or give birth. Hashtag scary stats. How about hashtag that's a lie? What, what does the Bible say about double-minded people? Right. They are unstable in all their ways. Babe, could you imagine if this tweet, and she read it verbatim from Planned Parenthood Black Community, that's the Twitter account. Could you imagine if President Trump had tweeted this? Right. He would be called a white supremacist or racist, which I know he's already called those things, but somehow white supremacy doesn't exist in an institution that regularly displays how black lives don't matter except to increase their bottom line. And again, this is worth talking about because we're passionate about the life issue, but it is the Black Lives Matter movement who chose to stand in solidarity. I'm repeating that because we're not just making this about abortion. They determined that they would also make what they're doing about abortion. Right. And progressives are funny people. I don't mean funny as in ha-ha, but they see racism in every institution in America, every institution. They allegedly decry racism and violence when it comes to police brutality, but call it Mm. reproductive justice when it comes to abortionist brutality. Mm -hmm. Look, in New York City, where you Mm -hmm. you, you have these protests now and some violent riots as well, like for every 1,000 black babies that are born alive, 1,033 are killed by abortion, mm-hmm. according to the the latest report from the New York Department uh, Department of Health, but activists in New York aren't rioting because sixty four defenseless Black lives are killed every day in their city in the wombs of their mothers. They're not rioting because one hundred and sixty four lives of any hue right. that are unborn are killed and will never ever be able to breathe. Right. All Black lives matter. <laughs> All Black lives matter. Either they or do, they don't. Or they don't. Every life has intrinsic worth and equal value, or they don't. But this movement isn't about truth. It's about a political agenda. Mm-hmm. It really is. Right. Yeah. And you talk about the movement for Black Lives. So this is the coalition of different Black Lives Matter organizations. They um, met, right? And they met to devise a policy platform. Yes. And the website is M. For the number four bl.org and you can just click on policy platforms to understand now this is all the black lives matter organizations coming together and saying this is what we believe this is what we're fighting for it is so crazy And, and who's funding this by the way Well, it's the Ford Foundation, which is the world's largest population control organization. And they actually raised $100 million in order for this movement for black lives to move forward. Right. Now, I don't know if they actually, they they made a commitment to raise the $100 million. I'm not sure if they raised that, but the the Ford Foundation has billions and billions and billions of dollars. They, They fund every pro-abortion group they fund all these supposed you know equal justice civil rights type of organizations like movement for black lives right um so 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 we're talking about even what we're seeing on television and what's being organized has a lot of money behind it a lot this is not just grassroots i mean no, I- this isn't like rah rah no and and honestly not to sidetrack this but it's actually wonderful to think about the concept that Black Lives Matter. They knew what they were doing when they put Black Lives Matter in the name of the movement because at face value, we do believe that Black Lives Matter. 100%. Right. 
I mean, the, the hashtag is, is brilliant. Who's going right. to argue with that? Of course right. not. We're not arguing with, with the idea, with the concept. Of course not. No. We're talking about the embrace of a movement and how so many people unintentionally are embracing this so movement. why don't you, because you have it pulled up on your screen, why don't we look at the policy positions? Just real quickly, there are some things that are so disturbing. Of course, reparations is part of their policy platform. So, but but hold on, hold on. Not just, I guess the, the white half of me has to I was going to gonna say that. I was like, <laughs> so, which, do you get half or do you have to cancels, pay yourself? It cancels itself yeah. out. I don't know. I mean, how how black do you have to be? I mean, we should probably ask um, Vice President Joe Biden because, you know, he knows who, who ain't black. Anyway, so... <laughs> In this reparations, though, it's not just for those who experience, whose ancestors experienced slavery in the United States. It's also for undocumented immigrants. I'm sorry. They Stop weren't it. enslaved in America, but that's no worries. The Movement for Black Lives mm. thinks, that, thinks that they also deserve reparations. Okay, it gets even better. They talk about even punishment in schools where they want a moratorium on all punishments of black, all punishment of black students. So no student can be in a detention, a suspension. No no student can be really held responsible for any negative behavior. No, and that comes from the claim that, that there's a disproportionate percentage of, of punishment, but there could also be a disproportionate percentage of of behavior that's... Well, that wasn't part of the study, so well, we can't... I know, but... And, and, and granted, there, I'm not, we're not denying that there can be instances of, of, oh, of racism. Of course we're not denying that. 100% there is, but and it is real. But the solution doesn't solve any of this, to not punish any... And then it goes on to community control, economic justice, investment, and divest and divestment, political power, which this right here, an end to the criminalization of black political activity, including the immediate release of all political prisoners, and an end to the repression of political parties. Uh, what does that even really mean? And who's considered a political prisoner? This is the nebulous sort of stuff that when you're saying... Okay, I believe in the movement, but do you believe in this? Now, we believe in criminal justice reform. Absolutely. I believe in second chances. I believe that God is a God of redemption and transformation. That's why we supported the First Step Act from, um, President Trump signed. But this is not what this is. This is almost... This takes the approach that if you have my complexion, that you should not be held to account. That you should not be held responsible for your own actions. That's destructive. It's destructive for any citizen to not take responsibility for their own behavior. When a particular organization says this is who we are, we have to believe that this is who they are. Right. And you go to the About Us page on m4bl.org, and it says that we are abolitionist. It, I guess it didn't want to use that last S, but <laughs> we are abolitionist. And it says, we believe that prisons, police, and all other institutions that inflict violence on black people must be abolished and replaced by institutions that value and affirm the flourishing of black lives. So they're calling for the, I guess, the abolition of prisons and the police force. And I, I guess since every institution is racist, every institution. And of course, here again, everything about homosexuality. We believe in centering the experience of leadership uh, of the most marginalized black people, including but not limited to those who are trans and queer, women and femmes, currently and firmly and formerly incarcerated immigrants, disabled, working class and poor. Okay. And then at the bottom, 
It says, we are anti-capitalist. We believe and understand that black people will never achieve liberation under mm-hmm. the current global racialized capitalist system. You know what? Capitalism is the best means. Yes, it is. Outside of the church, of course. The best means to elevate people out of poverty. Right. Socialism doesn't. Militant socialism doesn't. Look all around the world. Who ends up having the power? Who ends up having the resources in socialist regimes, in communist regimes? Who has it? (laughs) Certainly not the poor. They just get poorer. It's those in power. Why is the church embracing the movement for black lives, which is the Black Lives Matter movement? Right. It's the question of the day. When we come back, we're going to take a look at a shocking 2019 study that really takes the entire premise of the Black Lives Matter movement and turns it on its head. You are listening to the Life is Purpose podcast with Ryan and Bethany Bomberger. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it shine. Shine through me. Listen, download, and subscribe to the Life Has Purpose podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Welcome back to Life Has Purpose. Okay, let's get into this. Um, A fascinating 2019 study published from Michigan State University and the University of Michigan of Maryland, excuse me, turns another foundation premise of Black Lives Matter upside down, concluding... Quote, we found that the race of the officer doesn't matter when it comes to predicting whether black or white citizens are shot. If anything, black officers are more likely to shoot black citizens, but this is because black officers are drawn from the same population that they police. So the more black citizens in a community, the more black police officers there are. And actually, we'll link to that study on Life Has Purpose in the show block. Um, We also looked at data from the Washington Post ironically, which ignores their own findings. Yes, exactly. Right? That shows that this year so far, seven Asians, 73 blacks, 130 unlabeled individuals, and 191 whites have been killed by cops. So nearly three times the number of white people. Of course, we know whites make up the majority of this country, so that statistically makes sense. But the point I'm making is that we basically hear 0% of these instances. Zero. Let me give you an example, like Tony Timpa in Dallas. He was killed by a cop, pinning him down to the ground with his knee for 17 minutes. And I watched this video. My heart just, it it broke. It made me so sick. Mm -mm. As, you know, some of these cops were just laughing and joking while this man was dying underneath Mm -hmm. his knee. The man had mental health problems, which they didn't realize at the time. But it seemed pretty obvious just watching the video. But he didn't commit a crime. Mm-mm. And they killed him. They but killed there were him. no there were no hashtags. There were no protests. There were no riots. No calls from celebrities or Black Lives Matter activists about police brutality. Tony Tempa was white. Every life unjustly killed deserves justice. Period. End of sentence. But the media is always, always manipulating us and trying to color the narrative. And Christians, we are falling for this. 
We are falling for this. A good friend of mine who has been peacefully marching and protesting in, in Va Beach, Virginia Beach, expresses frustration with the mainstream media, claiming that they only report about the violent protests, which actually kind of made me laugh. Um, he was so frustrated because he said they don't ever focus on the the peaceful ones. I'm like, wait a minute, you mean the same mainstream media right. that constantly distorts everything, that constantly only reports when people of my complexion are harmed or killed? That same mainstream media? Yeah. They have a political narrative to tell. Okay. Mm. And just to bring a little bit of context here, I'm going to use the 2018 FBI stats to, to talk about reality. In 2018, there were 3,315 white victims of homicide. There were 2,925 victims of homicide who were black. Of course, all these numbers are way too high. But what these stats show is that 2,600 black individuals were the offenders, the ones who killed those black victims. And so that, that shows you 234 were white. It shows you that the, the main fear that we're hearing all the time that a black individual is likely to be killed by a white person is just not true. In fact, a black person is 11 times more likely to be killed by another black person than a white person. But this is not the narrative of Black Lives Matter. Honestly, with what's been happening over this past week, it feels like to me that mainstream media does not care of the collateral about the collateral damage. And I'm not talking about buildings as right. much as I am to people. lives and people's spirit. Mm-hmm. You're right. And and the collateral damage isn't isn't just physical. It's it's very much spiritual. Yeah. This this hits us in a in a very deep place. And so I say, what are what are some of the Christian leaders saying about all this? Where where are the Christian pastors in the midst of this chaos? And how are they leading from behind? You can't follow a movement that is hostile to scripture and expect a godly result. Amen. You can't embrace a worldview um, that sees us first and foremost as colors and divides us by hue. You just can't. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you have that clip of Vody Bakum? He's this he's such a man of God. I he love happens him. <laughs> happens to be black. He's a husband, a father, an incredible pastor, an international speaker. What else? Author, church planter. And um, babe, do you remember when we first heard him at a pregnancy center banquet? Oh yeah. I mean, many, many years ago. Blown away. Now, this is an adoptive father. He has nine kiddos, seven of right. them are adopted. So there was a lot of love immediately for him. But then when you heard him speak. Yes. And to present this biblical perspective, it was so powerful. And I felt like right. here's a pastor who understands the life issue. Right. And he is tying it to scripture so powerfully. And he does this with every issue. When it comes to the issue of race, right. he is spot on. Right. And Dr. Bauckham, he actually challenges the ideology of the Black Lives Matter movement and the foundational accusations that undergird it all. Let's play that clip. The difference between Jew and Gentile was established by God himself and was not arbitrary, but real. (laughs) Do you know what that means? If God can reconcile those who have real and God-ordained distinctions between them, he can certainly reconcile people who have arbitrary and artificial differences and distinctions between them. And look at this, verse 12. Remember that you were at that time 
separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. It's not just that the Gentiles were outsiders related to another ethnic group. It's not just that Gentiles were separated from the cultural hegemony, if you will. It's not just that there were systems that were oppressing them. It's not just that they didn't have access to wealth. It was, you are alienated from God and from Christ. This is real. This is significant. This is not to make light of anyone else's experience of alienation or separation. But but nothing compares to this. Having no hope and without God in the world. What compares to that? Sitting in the back of the bus? No. Lynching? No. Having no hope and being without God in the world? It's worse than slavery. Slavery's bad news. Amen? This is, this is more significant than that. Vody Bakum. By the way, you can actually check out his ministry at vodibacham.org. That's V-O-D-D-I-E-B-A-U-C-H-A-M.org. Of course, we'll link this at on our website at lifehaspurpose.com. Wow. But here we are, six years since Ferguson. Are we better off? Have we seen the evidence of healing and reconciliation and advancement through Black Lives Matter efforts? I completely agree with Dr. Bauckham. I I worked for nearly two decades in impoverished minority neighborhoods, and not one child or teen ever told me that they feared being killed by a white person. I'm not saying that that fear wasn't there, but that wasn't the, the prevailing narrative. But now that is the prevailing narrative because so many have been conditioned to thinking that the only possible enemy is, you know, this white supremacy and that their their lives are in danger by other white people. They've been Hollywoodized. They've, they've been preached to by celebrities who have, sadly, more sway than pastors do. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrities like Colin Kaepernick. Wait, hold, let's talk about Colin Kaepernick for a minute. Biracial, right? Yeah. Adopted. Mm-hmm. Was he adopted? I think he was adopted. adopted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Colin Kaepernick, whose worldview changed when he started embracing a militant worldview. Exactly. This is someone who idolizes uh, Malcolm X, the Black Panthers, Fidel Castro, and his assassin, um, Che Guevara. So Colin Kaepernick says this. It's the pinned tweet on his Twitter account. He says, when civility leads to death, revolting is the only logical reaction. The cries for peace will rain down. And when they do, they will land on deaf ears because your violence has brought this resistance. We have the right to fight back. Rest in peace, George Floyd. And you know, this is interesting for me. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, of course, has a multi-multi-million dollar contract with Nike, who makes their shoes in China, where there is so much abuse and killing, but Kaepernick and so many of these celebrities never talk about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wants to talk about injustice, but he won't talk about the injustice that happens in the the communist nation where his shoes are made that enable his multi-multi-million dollar contract. A Nike organization that's entire executive board. They're all white. 
I mean, he's not protesting them. What is he taking a knee in their boardroom? I, it's I mean, such duality. It's such, it is total duality. I mean, think of China and the the tens of millions who were killed um, because of the communist regime. Tiananmen Square, they killed ten thousand who were protesting. NBC reports about one currently one million Muslims who are in concentration camps in China. But Colin Kaepernick isn't talking about those injustices. So this is just the kind of stuff where you're saying, wait a minute. A biblical worldview is going to be consistent. Mm-hmm. We're called to love one another. Mm-hmm. That's got to be consistent. That's got to mm-hmm. be whether you're white, black, or any hue in between. It's got to be whether you're Democrat, Republican, or whatever mm-hmm. party in between or outside of those those parameters. There cannot be duality. There mm-hmm. cannot be the double-mindedness. And we're so appreciative of, of, of pastors out there who are, who are trying to mm-hmm. engage in these tough conversations who aren't willing to be silent about okay I don't know exactly what to say but hey let's start having mm-hmm. let's start having these convos and so I, I applaud them because there are pastors who are stepping out of their comfort zone white and black and asian and hispanic and saying whoa whoa, whoa. we as the church this is where the conversation needs to happen this really goes to show that there is such a need for all of us to join hand in hand in changing the environments that exist, the environments of brokenness, and that, that does take all of us, that no one should fear being being killed by anybody. I mean, that's that's the world Christians, of course, want to want to create. It's the world where we are loving one another. When you love somebody, you don't want harm to come to them. When you love someone, you want justice for them. When you love someone, you don't want to see them, you know, a slave to addiction. When you love someone, you don't want to see them pregnant and afraid and alone. When you love, it changes everything. When you teach your children to love, it changes everything. Life has purpose. The Radiance Foundation illuminates that every human life has purpose. We educate hundreds of thousands about crucial social issues, and we motivate people to positive action. Truth won't take a vacation. That's why we need your generous donation. Tax deductible, stuff is acceptable. Your gifts make illumination possible. Truth won't take a vacation. And here's our little explanation. Defending human dignity never ends. That's why we Go to radiance.life slash donate to make your tax-deductible donation. Thank you for supporting our life-affirming work. You're listening to the Life is Purpose podcast and an incredible Facebook moment with my wifey, Bethany. So, took this uh, almost a teenager <laughs> out for some mama time. It included some sesame chicken, lots of laughs, and some deep combos. He's growing up in this craziness as a quote-unquote mixed kid. And it is my honor as his mom to talk about the beauty of God's plan in designing him perfectly to be a voice of reconciliation. 
This crazy world is nothing but a roller coaster of ups and downs, but God's word is legit. God's word is stabilizing. God's word says our relationship to the one who created us in all these gorgeous shades of color is a result of the position of our heart. Never is it based on the hue of our skin. Nope, never. So as his kids, our identity in Christ trumps everything else. As Christians, that's where we start. And whatever combo's in the middle, it's where we have to end. See, if my mixed kids follow the world psychology, they are doomed. Doomed to live a life of confusion, stuck in a perpetual identity crisis. But that's not happening on my watch. My kids aren't doomed. They don't need to live in fear. They do not need to buy into a worldly belief system that tells them that half of their DNA makes them oppressors while the other half makes them the oppressed. That's not what God says. That's not truth. Yes, we study history. Lots of it. And we continue to learn and we continue to grow. We talk about hard things. We stand against injustice. And we understand deeply that people fought long and hard and died so we could be a mixed family. So we in turn will not take this fight for granted. And in that we won't perpetuate the us versus them narrative. Armed with the truth that we are one human race, we fight for what seems impossible, unity. We choose to weigh our thoughts, our emotions, and our knowledge with biblical truth. Sowing seeds of hate, anger, and division reaps a harvest of hate, anger, and division. But sowing seeds of love, peace, and unity will reap a harvest of love, peace, and unity. Now that's God's heart. Hashtag be the change. Hashtag won't be buying what the world's selling. Hashtag the Bible is my Bible. Hashtag follow truth. I'm Bethany Bomberger, and you're listening to the Life Has Purpose podcast. You can read this and many more Radiance op-eds at radiance.life slash news. Well, that's my favorite commentator right there. (laughs) I love what you had to say, and it just rings so true. Every day we we walk this out as an interracial Mm -hmm. couple with a multiracial family. Mm -hmm. I come from a multiracial family. But wow, if we... If we don't get this into our heads and our hearts that we are one human race mm. and, and that isn't our understanding and our and our foundation, we're going to be misled by not just the Black Lives Matter movement, but by any movement. Yeah. You know, first John four, I says, Dear friends, first John four, seven through eight says, Dear friends, let us love one another. Mm-hmm. For love comes from God. Mm-hmm. Everyone who loves has been born of God. Mm-hmm. And knows God. Whoever does not lo- does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. love. Yes. If we aren't moving in love, mm-hmm. we're definitely not moving forward. Right. Dr. Alveda King said this. We, and we love her. We Can I just say, we love you, Alveda? We love you, Alveda. <laughs> Thank True God for story. her heart. Absolutely. She says this. She says, quote, right now, here in America, we are in a season of repentance and revival. It is very important for spiritual leaders to lead the way in repentance and prayer. And I think when we truly believe that we want to do all that we can to love one another and to walk out what you just read, it begins with our own personal repentance and it moves into us praying 
for God's heart to be manifest on earth and for us to align with the biblical truths that will make that reality. Because guess what? There's always going to be injustice this side of heaven. There will be until the Savior returns, but we will never be able to fight injustice by causing thousands more instances of it. George Floyd's senseless and horrific death deserves so much better from the land of the free and, and the home of the brave. Amen. And we we have to be willing to be brave. We have to be willing to call out the darkness because you can simultaneously expose the darkness and be the compassionate light that the world needs. We're going to end our show today with George Floyd's fiance's words. Um, she's off-white like me, but she says, <laughs> right? Yeah. It best in in this interview that I think every American should listen to. This is a clip from a local TV station, WCCO, and I pray that it challenges all of us to reframe things and remember that if God's not leading our nation, it will keep bleeding, both literally and figuratively. He was there for people when they were down. He loved people that were thrown away. Courtney Ross was Floyd's other half. Ross says Floyd was the most spiritual man she had ever met. He moved to Minnesota from Houston, Texas to start a new life. You can't fight fire with fire, you know? Everything just burns. And I, I've seen it all day today. People hate, they're hating, they're hating, they're hating, they're mad. And he would not want that. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he would give grace. He would, I stand on that, that today he would still give grace to those people. love to know what you think of the podcast go to lifehaspurpose.com and give us your feedback you can also listen and download our show on apple podcasts spotify stitcher google play or soundcloud remember whatever may come your way and no matter what people say your your life life has purpose. purpose